When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca, and on Mondays I'm joined by EJ Raddick from the NHL Network, NHL Now, between the hours of 4 and 6 Eastern. And he's up in Toronto today for the Hall of Fame ceremonies. Nice enough to join us. How are you, sir? I am good. I am good. Nice to be back up here and nice to be at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. It's, uh, it's been a couple of years. But uh, I always kind of enjoy coming up here and do the interviews as guys go down the carpet, uh, you know, the various guests and dignitaries, as they might say, in hockey. So, yeah, it's uh, been a fun. crazy um, couple of days. And, and, and you look at uh, Friday and Saturday uh, with the Leafs playing those back-to-back games at home. And, and, I, and I go back to Friday and the ceremony introducing the new inductees and, and the old Leaf inductees and, and to see what Borja Selming is going through with ALS and what really what really struck me watching that ceremony EJ was Daryl Sittler's reaction I mean this is a guy that played with yeah. him friends with him and, and, he, and he and Matt Sundin are literally holding him up and you could see the tears Sittler cried through the whole thing I mean I just how emotional that must be to see a friend a, a teammate a Hall of Famer a great strong man go through what he's going through. It just must be tearing the heart out of, of his family and anybody that's close to him. Yeah, it's um, it's an awful disease, right? ALS to to deal with, and uh, for anyone who goes through it. And so it's a sad uh, it's sad to watch. There's no question. It was heartbreaking to see the the situation unfold this weekend, and just. It's just good that Borja has people around him, his family and his friends. And, you know, when these guys were teammates when they were young and strong and, you know, time goes by and, uh, you know, it, it takes its toll on all of us. So it was, uh, yeah, it was very, very touching. And it's very, very sad to see anyone really go through. Yeah. I know there are younger people that go through that. And, uh, you know, it's just... Uh, I mean, it's heartbreaking to watch. I don't know what else to say. No, but, uh, it was a touching, touching moment for Borja Salman, who was one of the great players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the good news is that uh, we've gotten to kind of celebrate Borja again. And for a new generation of fans who don't really know what he meant to the NHL and to Swedish players and to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, they are understanding it now what a great, great player he was. So let's try to get to more mundane things, which is the actual league and the games compared to what the real life stuff that we saw over the yep. weekend. And and um, you know, I know you got to call the Flyer game over the weekend, EJ, and it, it seems like things are kind of falling apart a little bit for the Flyers team. And, and from seeing it from the outside looking in, and since you called the game, you let me know. But it seems like Carter Hart really carried this team early. And now this hasn't been the case, and now the Flyers find themselves out of the playoffs, just three wins in their last ten. They've dropped three in a row. Uh, what are you seeing from the Flyers right now? Well, I mean, it's not really a 
surprise. I mean, Carter Hart wasn't going to play, you know, wasn't going to have a 960 save percentage throughout the whole season. I mean, he played on Saturday against Ottawa. It was uh, Sandstrom on Sunday against Dallas. And, uh, you know, I thought both goaltenders played fine. It's just that uh, the special teams really let down the Flyers. Their power play was not very good. Uh, they didn't generate a lot, of, uh, a lot of good chances. They didn't generate momentum. In fact, they seeded momentum in the game on the power play. They gave a shorthanded goal to the Stars in the game yesterday. Um, and, uh, you know, the penalty killing wasn't very good. John Tortorella talked after the game on Saturday about taking dub penalties. They took more penalties or a couple more penalties on Sunday. Um, you know, it's going to be tough. I think they got out of the gate in part. You know, obviously, Carter Hart was terrific, and he continues to play well. Um, but I thought the other thing was that Tortorella really put them through a real uh, tough training camp, and there was uh, a lot of skating. And I think they were, quite frankly, I think they were just a little bit fitter than other teams that they played maybe in the first month. And I think that catches up with them. And I think when you look at their roster, Don, I mean, they have got just some just crushing critical injuries. I mean, uh, Sean Couturier hasn't played a game this year. Cam right. Atkinson, uh, it's kind of it was supposed to be day-to-day. He has not played a game this year. Uh, Ryan Ellis may never play in the league again. Uh, you know, that's really unfortunate. Acquired him from Nashville a couple of years ago. It just hasn't worked out for him in Philadelphia. Uh, Van Riemsdyk got hurt. Wade Allison got hurt. I mean, they're, they're missing, uh, you know, a number of, uh, of key players within that group. So, when you look at their roster, it's a struggle. I mean, they're picking up guys off waivers and trying to patch guys in, and Tortorella's trying to put a new system in. So uh, I think it's going to continue to be a struggle for them. But the the, the thing is that their, their level of, of desire and care on a night-to-night basis is obviously way up under Tortorella, and that's really the most important thing they're trying to accomplish this year is to reestablish a culture and reestablish uh, – the fact that they're a, they're a tough team to play against. They're going to play hard night after night after night. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they have the roster, the people on that roster to make that happen unless these guys can come back from injury, and a lot of them are coming back for a while. Another team that's really hit the skids after a pretty decent start is Buffalo. They've dropped five in a row. What, what, what's happening there? Well, you know, I think that, uh, you know, they had a, they've, had, they've had a couple of injuries, and, you know, the kid Matias does. Uh, uh, Samuelson, uh, they signed him to a big contract prior to the season, and then he got hurt. He was playing with uh, Darlene, and you know, so that kind of forced him to shuffle some guys around. Yuki Haro has been out, and you know, I, I just think that they're, you know, that's a fi- it's a fine line with the Buffalo Sabers. They're still a rebuilding team. It's still like the Ottawa Senators. It's uh, you know, it's still like the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, there's going to be stretches where I think they're going to play really well. Um, but there's going to be other stretches where it's going to be a challenge. And, you know, they don't have, you know, someone that's, uh, you know, locked in in goal that uh, has this, uh, you know, as a presence in net for them. I mean, they've got Comrie, who I think is a good young goalie and who's getting an opportunity, and that's great for him, and we'll see how things play out. And you've got Craig Anderson, who's, you know, an older goalie. I mean, he's into his 40s now. And so, um, you know, I just think it's going to be an up-and-down year for those teams. It's going to, There's going to be turbulence along mm-hmm. the way. and. I think the Sabres have shown some signs that they're going to be uh, they got a chance to be much better down the road, and I think they've just got to continue to to try to to deal with the reality of the situation and just continue to build their culture and continue to build the young players there. I mean, Darlene and Power and Thompson has really emerged, and Tuck is a good young player. I mean, they've got a lot of pieces there still. So 
I think it's, you know, again, it's like Detroit. It's like Ottawa. There, there are challenges. There are holes. And, and they've just got to continue to work and continue to, to be hard to play against and try to create a culture in those within those locker rooms. You know, you mentioned Ottawa. And, you know, I looked at this team even going into last year as a team that was on the uptick. And you go out and you get Giroux. You go out and get Debrinket. And it just really hasn't gained very much traction. Talbot, you know, between the pipes. I, I really thought they would challenge. It's kind of been slow there. Is DJ Smith in any trouble? Well, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think there's – I don't. when I look at their group, I don't know if there's been a lot of growth amongst their young players. So that would be an area that you'd look at the coach over the last – he's been there. I think this is his fourth year, so it's not like he just got hired. So I think that's a, a question. I, and I don't like the way they defend. I don't think – I don't like the structure of their team. I know they're young, and, you know, personnel-wise, again, there's some challenges. But, you know, I, I watched them against the uh, Devils on Thursday, and then I was at the game against Philly where they won on Saturday. And – you know, I just don't think they defend very well. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the toughest jobs in the league is being the goaltender for the Ottawa Senators because you're giving up chances. And now Shabbat, who is, you know, a highly skilled player, but a guy who is a, is a kind of a loose defender as well, he ended up getting hit from behind by Travis Konechny the other day, ends up with a concussion. He's going to be out a while. So now that's a huge loss because that's a guy who plays a ton of minutes on the blue line for the Senators. So, you know, again, it's the same, it's the same thing, Detroit, Buffalo, uh, Ottawa, there's some other teams around the league in the same boat. I mean, they're getting better. They've built up their talent base. There's a lot to be excited about. But all that said, it's a hard league to win. And, uh, you know, if you don't defend well, you're going to be in for some long nights. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don McGreca. Um- Got a chance to call the last two Ranger games, the the loss against Nashville, where I thought they played well. It just Soros stood on his head. Uh, Rangers had some opportunities on the power play, went 0 for 5. Kind of meandered through a win against the Coyotes yesterday. Maybe they were tired. You know, the time change coming over from Nashville, tough back to back situation. But I don't know. Something seems to be just lacking there a bit. They're 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 a good team, but it looks like they should be better. Their power play is kind of – it was described by Gallant before the game yesterday, EJ, is that they were bored, which was – maybe he was struggling for the right word, but I, I talked about it with Dave during the broadcast. He's like, I would say maybe not creative, but certainly not bored. Yeah. But it does seem like the same kind of song and dance. You know, Panarin to Fox, Fox to Zibanejad, set him up for the one-timer, doesn't work, get a deflection in front. It just – something just seems to be missing there. Uh, they did lose something last year, right? They 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 lose Cop, they lose Vetrano, they lose Strom. So it's a different team than last year, but in a lot of ways, I think could be better. So Shosturkin is not lights out like he was last year. But am I wrong to think that something might be missing there with the Rangers? And does Drury have the capability to make a move to kind of train change the way things have been here early in the season? Yeah, I, I think that. Chris will look at it and continue to watch it with his staff and they will, 
you know, when the time comes down the stretch, they'll try to identify, you know, what they could use to help and fill in some of those pieces. That's the nature of the of the NHL these days, especially with the flat cap world, Donnie. I mean, you, you just couldn't keep some of those players. So now and you wanted to sign others, so you have to, you know, think about the big picture as well. But they might be in a position to add a piece or two with the deadline, right? Like they did last year, and those guys were invaluable. And you just mentioned a couple of them. I mean, that they brought in, and were really important pieces. I mean, I, I I've been joking lately. I might have joked with you about it last week. I, I this season has been crazy. I have not been right about a lot of things this year, <laughs> and we do our picks, and it's night to night. It's it's a it's a real challenge. But the one thing I think I've been on the ball with was the Rangers. I just felt like the Rangers this year. I think there was going to be a more adversity in their season. Um, you know, Kreider's not going to get 52 again. Shesterkin's not going to play to a 940 again. Um, you know, they got some guys that they probably missed. And there's probably guys, you know, again, from the outside, we don't know the impact of just the day-to-day of some of the guys, their impact on that group and the relationships. So that takes time to kind of settle out a little bit too. But I felt there would be a more adversity in the regular season, but – I think that they'll try to make some adjustments as they go. And I think when we get to playoff time, and I think they're a playoff team, I think they're mm-hmm. really well kind of uh, well slotted in a lot of areas. You know, I think they're going to be a really tough out. In fact, I, I think they have a great chance to win the Stanley Cup. Now, we're a long way away from that. I think there will be some changes along the way. And they've got to stay healthy, and they've got to have obviously Shesterkin is the most important piece of the puzzle. But I mean, they're they're good in a lot of areas. The one area that really does worry me, and we talked about this last week, and I talked about it with Steve Valaket during the week, and some others as well, is just that those young players for the Rangers, um, you know, when you think about Kako and Lafreniere and Kravtsov and Hedl, I mean, like you just wonder I, I, they're very young and I'm not going to sit here and, you know, and give up on these guys in any way, but you do want to see, you know, additional production. You want to see growth. Right. And, you know, I don't know if I'm necessarily seeing that a couple of years in. And I, and I also think it's part and parcel of the league we are in now where guys get drafted. And if they're really high picks like Lafreniere and Kako, they come right into the the national hockey league and, you know, maybe they could have used some time, you know, at different levels or at the minor league level. But it just it doesn't happen now, so I'm not going to fault the Rangers for that. I mean, I think Jack Hughes certainly shouldn't have been in the NHL as a, right out of the draft, and there are many others, uh, many other examples over the years. And, you know, sometimes that maybe that hurts the growth. But we'll have to continue to watch those guys during the year because when you're young and you're that skilled at any moment, your development could take a big jump. So we'll have to keep an eye on well, those guys. That's the, that's the group of players I'm really watching. Well, we talked about it last week. Like Everybody's got skill. You, know, you look at a Capo Caco, and I think he's highly skilled, and I think he's starting to grow into a really good player. And he can move, he can handle the puck, and he, sometimes I'm just in awe of some of the opportunities he's able to create off of his skill. Yeah. But is there finish there? You know, uh, can... Can it lead to you scoring 35, 40 goals? Same with Lafreniere. He has proven he can play in this league, but is there that finish, the ability to score? Spent a lot of time in the zone, a lot of fancy plays, but what is the result in uh, losing the puck or not getting a quality opportunity? And I look at their right wing. Kraftsoff has not worked out. This poor kid, EJ, has already left three games this year because of injury. Couldn't play in Nashville. Now has missed two games because of uh, the flu, and then he had some 
some dental issues he had to go through. I mean, the kid just seems snake bit, but he only's had one point in the games that he's played. They've got VC playing the right wing on the top line now, and I think VC's played really well, but I don't know if he's a top line right winger. Is there any way they can work something out for Patrick Kane? Well, I mean, the time will come. I guess it's not going to happen now. I mean, right. I would think it would have to come right right close to the trade deadline. We'll have to see what happens in Chicago. A lot of that's going to be on Patrick's plate. You know, is he going to want to leave Chicago? And if so, is he okay coming to New York? It all sounds good, right? I mean, yeah, coming to New York, it's a really good team. Panarin is there. He had success with it before. I mean, it all sounds great. question is, you know, does Patrick want to do that? And do the Ra- I mean, the Rangers certainly have the assets, I think, to make that kind of move. But do they want to move those assets? That's another question. So there's a lot that plays into it. But yeah, I mean, that's that's one that everybody is kind of going to circle, right? And say, yeah, that 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 makes sense. But even if you get Patrick in here and he's a great player, is he the the piece or the fit that that makes the difference? And you know, as great a player as he is. We've seen a number of examples over the years where teams go out and get good players. I mean, Florida Panthers went out and got Claude Giroux last year. Now, I don't know if he's quite at the same level as Patrick Kane right now, but he's a pretty darn good player. And I think they scored all two goals in four games against the Tampa Bay Lightning. So sometimes guys come in and it just it doesn't happen. So I think it's certainly a possibility, but, you know, again, we got a long way to go. But yeah. now and then it'll all depend on the player, really. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. I, I just cannot say enough about what I've seen from the Boston Bruins. I mean, this team, 14-2, and two, <laughs> plus 30 goal differential. I mean, And the thing is, like, we saw Florida and Carolina get off to great starts last year, especially Florida. But it happening in Boston where it really looked, you know, coaching change. It looked like maybe they were going to go rebuild, right? That they and, and and it wasn't like they didn't have injuries. McAvoy finally plays on Thursday for the first time all year. I mean, he's a Norris Trophy candidate. He's not nobody. You know, they, there's been guys like Krejci's been out of the lineup. It hasn't been like they haven't faced adversity. This looks... I mean, is this the clearly the best team in the NHL outside of Vegas? Is or is this smoke and mirrors, or is this legit? Feels legit. I think it's a very, I think it's a very good team. I don't think there's any question about it. But it is November, right? And we've seen teams get off to good starts before, and and you know it's a long way between here and June. So a lot is going to happen. They got an older group in some areas, key players that uh, you know they need to continue to to stay healthy and playing well. And so far they are. Uh, Jim Montgomery has kind of given them a new lease on life. Um, they, I think, you know, when you do the work on what happened in Boston, you got to give Don Sweeney and Cam Yelly credit. I did not originally because you look and you see a guy that's had a lot of success get let go. You wonder why you would do that. But when you, you dig in, you find out that, you know, it was just one of those situations where a coach and a team, it kind of, they were both ready for something different, particularly the players. And you could see that, you know, like David Krejci came back to play in Boston this year. I'm not so sure he comes back if they didn't make the coaching change. It was right. just, uh, you know, apparently didn't always see eye to eye with Bruce. Jake DeBrus, you know, he's been traded about nine times, right, in the last couple of years. And, you know, he's got a little bit of a new lease on life. Uh, Connor Clifton is playing really well there. I mean, and again, it's, it's no comment on Bruce's ability to coach because we've seen he's gone to Vegas and that team is playing really, really well. I just think sometimes coaches and teams, you get to a, po- a point in time 
when the, the coach has been there five, six years and the, the team, it's similar personnel and, you know, you're not going to trade everybody out of there. So you need to make a change. So good for the Bruins management group to identify that. Jim Montgomery is getting a second chance after having some issues in Dallas and uh, has proven to be a really good coach thus far. And, you know, we'll see where it goes from here. But that's uh, no question. They've been really impressive so far in all areas. And, and the fact that they've been able to do it when they had to start the season with, with Marchand out for the first right. month or so, and then uh, McAvoy, as you mentioned, just coming back last week, I mean, that's pretty impressive. So, yeah, this, this is a hell of a team right now, but we've got a long way to go. And the same can be said for the Devils. I mean, we'll be very repetitive from our conversation last Monday, but nothing's really changed. Nine straight wins now. Yeah. They've faced their adversity, too. I mean, they played the other day with, 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 with Smet as the starting goaltender and, and Dawes as the backup because they've got injuries to Blackwood, who always seems to be hurt. And you have check out as well. And I, I that's I'm, I'm still dubious about their goaltending. I mean, they're still a very young team, but they can fly, they can skate, and they can – they can do a lot of great things, but uh, that the, the they, they don't have great goaltending. And now with the goaltending hurt, it's really been a surprise they've been able to keep it together. Yeah, I mean, and I hope like uh, you know, from what I understand, uh, Vanacek is back on the ice today, and he's been around. So hopefully, okay. this is going to be a short-term thing for him. Um, we'll see what happens with Blackwood. It's three to six weeks with his injury. Uh, Schmid came in and played well. Uh, the other night in relief against Ottawa, then against Arizona. I think the schedule has kind of been favorable to them, especially the that fact is true. they don't have any back-to-backs. They don't have any back-to-backs until after Thanksgiving, so that's good where you're not pressed with cold tending. And, it's, you know, you know they play Ottawa. They've played Arizona. Uh, you know, they've played some teams that you, you should be able to handle, right, So if you're playing as well as they are. But it's been a good group. Their offenses, they're just flying. They lead in a lot of category, a lot of statistical categories, all kinds of, you know, analytic stats that they uh, really have have played very, very well to back that up. The defense has been solid. Uh, you know, it's much like we talked about. You're right; it is a little bit repetitive, but uh, you know, they're they're playing really well. The fans are even apologizing to Lindy Ruff. Yeah, that how about nice that? The other night, a little sorry, sorry, Lindy chant there, and Lindy was. Funny, he said, you know, yeah, I, I accept the apology. Maybe we could all go out and have a beer. And uh, so that was that was nice. So things are going well right now. But the schedule will get harder. And, you know, they'll be, you know, you're going to run into the Bostons and the, you know, and the other top dogs uh, in the conference and the division and around the league. And that's where the test hey. will come. They've been excellent so far. There's no question about it. And listen, I don't think anybody believes they're going to sustain this pace. No question. But we've had so many conversations going back to the old NHL Live days, EJ, about American Thanksgiving. And if you're in the playoffs after Thanksgiving, you know, majority of the time you will get to the playoffs because it's really difficult to move with all these three-point games. So these points still count, right? So you accumulate yes, they them, yes, they and they that could, that could really help you. So they could sustain maybe a three-, four-game winless streak somewhere down the road because of the points they're compiling right now. They've got a hot Montreal team coming up tomorrow, but you know certainly a team they feel like they can beat. Get just gobble the points up. They don't go bad, right? So, um, oh, in, in what is oh, wide open know. metropolitan division? Who knows? They could still make the playoffs. Yeah, no, I think they have a great chance to make the playoffs just because they bank these points. I mean, conversely, Pittsburgh had a stretch where I think they got one out of a possible twelve or fourteen points. Where they, you know, and and you know, St. Louis in the West had a stretch where they. Lost a lot of games in regulation. I mean, these games all count, 
And uh, for the Devils, for you know, for teams like the Devils that are trying to make that next step, I mean, this is a great thing because you, you've, you've given yourself now a little bit of a cushion. You're gaining confidence. Uh, I think, you know, another thing that's overlooked here is the health of Nico Heischer, their captain. Nico Heischer's a really good player, and I don't think we've seen the best of Nico Heischer over the last couple of years because of injury problems he's had. And right now he's been healthy, and, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of take he's, – he's showing people really what he's all about as a former uh, first overall pick. So uh, the Devils are fun, and the place has been rocking over there, and fans have been, have been filling the building. So we'll see if it keeps up. You know, speaking of schedule, I was talking to the guys over with Arizona yesterday. Fourteen game road trip, my God! <laughs> now they were given, I guess, a soft open at Mullet Arena, but they want to get the annex done so that visiting teams aren't dressing in what looked like where the Revenge of the Nerds slept. If you remember from yeah. the movie, that's what it kind of looked like. But God, a fourteen game road trip—they just like taking you all over North America. They're only five deep into it. Good on them. They're they're three and two. They actually had a three-game winning streak to start the road trip, but th- that's a season killer. That's a game longer than what the Islanders had to go through last year. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, now they're a team like the Islanders last year were a team that was coming off back-to-back appearances in the uh, for, in the Final Four. So I mean, it was a little different. The the uh, the Arizona Coyotes are a team that's in a rebuild mode, although they've, they've played pretty well. I mean, uh, they had a little bit of a winning streak coming into the weekend where they lost the Devils and the Rangers, but um, it's, uh, it's tough. There's no question. We had a couple of the kids in Dylan Gunther and Barrett Hayden came into our studios uh, on Friday to, to talk. And, you know, I, I think with this team, it's a younger team that we saw than they had last year. And I just think that, uh, you know, I mean, I was talking to their GM, Bill Armstrong at the, Flyers Senators game on Saturday, and you know he was joking. He's like, "Boy, we're winning a lot more than I thought so far." And uh, you know, the I, I said to him, "You know, maybe the, your team is just you got young players. They don't understand. They just think, you know, hey, we're here. We're gonna we're gonna play and we're gonna win." And so, and Vamelka has played well in goal. So uh, it's it's an interesting situation. Hopefully, they'll get they got the arena uh, vote. I guess in Tempe is going to be in May to decide if they're going to move forward with that arena and with the entertainment center there and everything. And I'm, I'm hoping for the sake of the franchise, you know, the the people in Tempe decide to go for it. That'd be awesome. So that will really determine what's going to happen moving forward. But I think Bill and his staff there have, are doing a nice job kind of building that. And they're trying to time their rebuilds with the, the timeline of maybe being in a new building. So We'll have to keep an eye on that. But they got some good young players there. And, you know, it's like all these teams, Don. I say it. I said it last week. I'll probably say it. You know, I'll probably be saying it until I'm done doing this business. Yeah. But it's competitive. And night after night, anybody can beat anybody. And you better be ready to play. Oh, you have to because everybody's got skill. And all these games are close. It's really the way it is in sports, period. You know, we're just coming off a Sunday of football yeah. where all the games come down to, yeah. you know, one possession. That's the way sports are. I mean, that's how the salary cap really set these sports up where everybody's on an even playing field. And everybody's working with the same amount of money, and it really just comes down to who does it better than who. But you look at a team like Arizona, they got the third-best power play in the league, eighth-best kill. Yeah. You know, yeah. So 
you know, Keller's a really special player. I mean, if Keller had played for a better team, I think he'd be more recognized for for his skill set. It's just he's been in Arizona, and their games are late, and they haven't been very good, and he hasn't been on a grand stage. No games are on national television, but you know, but but everybody's got that. You know, Dave was looking at that. We were watching Nashville, and you look at the you know, Nashville had what they what had three wins in twelve since coming back from the Czech Republic. I mean, the stats tell yeah. you that they're a bad hockey team, but. Yeah. But there are players there, you know, and, and they can play. No question about it. I mean, I thought Nashville was going to – one of the many things I've been wrong about this year, Don, but Nashville was going to be a much uh, – a really dangerous team building huh. on last year and with the addition of McDonough, and and uh, it just has not uh, played out for them so far. Well, they're, they're another team, right? Their Kreider is Duchesne. Like, can you expect Duchesne to score 43 goals again, right? So he had hey, never scored more about, than 30. Uh, how, how about Yossi? I mean, 96 points last year. And, like, Yossi's a great player, but he's, you know, on a 60-point year. That's a great year. He had right. 96 points last year, Don, and that played into, you know, those guys all had big offensive years together. And, you know, somebody said to me, kind of why they call these things career years, because they don't happen every year. And it's just another reason why I, uh, you know, I'm gaining more and more respect for the McDavid's and the Crosby's and the Ovechkin's and the guys and all sports. I mean, across, across the different sports, the guys that can do it night after night after night is, uh, they are special. And I don't know if we appreciate that enough. Yeah. And, and, and the one consistent thing over the years for Nashville has been their goaltending and, and they have not gotten it so far this year outside of Saturday. Soros yeah. was really, really good, but otherwise you're talking about a guy that's, you know, under, a 900 save percentage, that's not him. Nope, and it's the same problem in Vancouver with Thatcher Demko, so much to the point that they're playing Spencer Martin a little bit more now. And, you know, John Hines made a similar decision last week and put Kevin Lankin in for a game that, you know, the, again, same thing. I mean, the great goalies appreciate the guys who are able to do it year after year after year because, it's not easy, and, and there are times where there's, uh, you know, where you struggle or it's just not as easy as it was the year before for whatever reason. But, you know, certainly I identified both uh, Soros and Demko as two guys that are really, it's been kind of a struggle for them this year, and those franchises are, are you know, the records indicate that. Well, enjoy the ceremonies tonight. I will. Do you have any Thank idea you. why Senators Islanders are at 530 today? Yes, I do. Oh, you do? Daniel Alfredson. Daniel Alfredson is being inducted into the Hall of Fame, and the Senators organization wanted their fans to be able to stay See, that's after the game in the building and listen to his acceptance speech See? in Ottawa. So that's that forward is thinking. why the game is starting. Really. See, yep. There you See go. that's why I love you. You have answers to the question, and good on the Senators. That's actually having your finger on the pulse of your fan base and doing the right thing. It gives me hockey yeah, to watch I mean, during the K show, which I always enjoy. That's right, because those guys will start babbling on, and you, you'll get disinterested at some point, and you'll you'll be looking for an outlet. So that'll be nice. You can look at the Islanders on the power play, baby. There you go. Yeah, watch that. Uh, right. But that should be fun. But uh, listen, love right. you. Thank you so much uh, for for helping us love out this too. Monday. You got it. Anytime, Don. We'll have we'll talk to you next week. I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Enjoy Toronto. That is the great EJ Raddick joins us every Monday. And as we mentioned, there is a 5.30 game today. When, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it might already be underway or over, but the Islanders will be at the Senators. Uh, at 8.30 tonight, the Flames play host to the Kings, while the Hurricanes will be at Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. And 
All of a sudden, the rejuvenated Blues have won a couple of games in a row. We'll take on the Avalanche, who have also been hot. That game will be in Denver. The Avalanche have won four in a row. You knew they were going to write that ship at some point. They're sitting in third place in the Central Division, two points back of Winnipeg, with a game in hand on Winnipeg and two games in hand on second place Dallas. So you got some games tonight. Enjoy the uh, Hall of Fame ceremonies. And good job by the Ottawa Senators, seriously, to be able to do that for their fans. Daniel Albertson, certainly the greatest player in franchise history, and the fans deserve to get a chance to see that in uh, the building that he helped build back there uh, in Ottawa. So that was a lot of fun. We will get back to your tweets on Wednesday. So if you want to get in touch with me, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. We'll talk to you again then. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.